Hello, and welcome back to the Branching Path Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle, joined by other guy named John. Hi, John. Hi, Kyle. How are you? <laughs> I'm going to have to adjust the levels so bad for that. I just see the sound waves like, fucking please stop clipping. Um, yeah, I'm good, John. I'm good. Thanks for asking. Um, that was so sweet of you to ask that. Man, um, do you actually want to know how I am, or is that just you being polite? I was just reacting to your voice, you know. Oh, shoot. Okay. I was not, not a genuine question. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'm glad I asked. Can you imagine I bared my heart and soul for you? That'd be bad. Embarrassing. Um, <laughs> welcome back, everybody, to uh, the Branchy Path Podcast. Sorry it's been so long again. We, um... I'm not sorry. Fuck you. You're lucky you're even getting this today. It was an, on an impulse, on a whim. There's no plan. Uh... <laughs> Today we're going to talk more about Elden Ring. Big surprise. Probably you all expected that. But you might be even less surprised to find out that we're going to be mostly negative about it today. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. But we've definitely both played quite a bit more of it since uh, since we last spoke. Maybe I think I think I probably put in a bit more time. Well, no. After you did your most recent character, maybe not. Maybe we both did quite a bit. But Yeah, after um, we played together, I, I took my my last build I was playing um, through most of Lernia. So. Oh yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's a decent commitment. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit today about the PlayStation era Final Fantasy games. So, you know, particularly 7, 8, and 9. Sorry, I should say PlayStation 1 era. Right. Um, and uh, just because I've been playing, I played a bit of 8 recently and I have some thoughts. And I know John does too. And then I'm playing 9 currently, and that's been going pretty well so far, so we're going to talk a bit about that. And then we'll lead into some cool new news, some new Final Fantasy news included. But uh, why don't we start with some Smeldon Ring talk. John, we both beat the game. Yep. And we talked about it ad nauseum a month and a half ago. And since I beat the game, I have tried like six separate times to get back into it just with a new character which is something i've done with basically every other souls game tons of times right and every time i kept running into the same problem which was that i would get like sad i have this we've talked about this a little bit before but you know it's almost like i feel like i'm giving up on a relationship but i get sad that i wasn't having fun anymore and then i'd stop playing for a bit but then i'd sit there and be like i wish i was having fun playing elden ring (laughs) and then i'd go back and try again and I do it all over again. And I get sad that I wasn't having as much fun as I thought I should. And then I'd take a break. And then I'd sit there and I'd watch YouTube videos about Elden Ring and be like, Ah, oh, I wish I was having fun playing Elden Ring 2. Oh, wait, I could do that. And then I'd try and I'd fail. How has your experience been post-finishing the game? Uh, pretty much the same. I can actually enjoy watching like challenge runs on YouTube. I, I enjoy seeing these unusual builds that I have, wouldn't have the patience for. But when I sit down and try and play the game again... Once the the initial fun of trying a new weapon wears off, I get bored pretty quickly. Um, yeah. Also, I have to point out that in my recent builds, I've had the item, I, the weapons I wanted to try traded to me because so many of the cooler ones you won't get until like 30 hours into the game. Yeah. Um, which definitely felt like less of a problem with the way the older games were structured, but I wanted to try, um, for example, a uh, bow build. So my latest bow guy, I, I wanted to use the black bow because it's pretty much the only good one because it's uh, it's got long bow strength but short bow moveset. Upgrading oh, yeah. any, anything else is almost a waste with how <laughs> scarce the resources are early on. Um, 
so I had that traded to me, and I had a blast for a while, at least through Stormvale, and then I realized I'm still bored of Elden Ring. <laughs> Who the fuck traded you the Black Bow? Uh, Andrew. Motherfucker. <laughs> you can't have other people in your life, John. Anyways. All right, um, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> thank you. You tell him he's done after this. He's cut off. Um, give him back the Black Bow, too. That's his now. <laughs> yeah, the um, we talked a bit about this before, but the the issue with with I think all the Souls games, but I think Elden Ring it really speaks, not speaks, it really shines through this issue rather is, is the the upgrade material issue, them being so finite, and so annoying to get, it makes experimenting really like you get punished for experimenting, right? And you yeah, it feels like it. Yeah, you can't really know if a weapon is going to be good until you do some upgrading. You know what I mean? And play with it a little bit and kind of test the damage numbers. So it, it's, I wish there was a, you know, you can downgrade a weapon and get the materials back option. Like that, that would be enough that it would be a huge, like quality of life improvement for these games. But it's just difficult to, to try stuff out. And, you know, especially when you've kind of seen everything the game has to offer once and you're coming back to, to fuck around a bit. You want to, you wish there was a bit more flexibility. But yeah, they're this like, is, um, this is a series-wide issue. Like I'm waiting for them to modernize a bit because we we should have like shared storage. Um, it should be very easy to try something new. I, I want this to be a series where I don't have to be on the wiki all the time planning out some yeah. build. Like just let me do yeah. it in the game with the game tools. Yep. Um, and a, another part of it is the um, annoying missables. If the thing you want is far away, you're cutting off quest lines by accessing areas, um, you know, kind of out of sync or out of out of order with these NPCs, right? Yep. Uh, so just, yeah, I would just say playing it and getting those things rolling is not a fun experience. <laughs> no, I agree. I fully agree. Getting going through Limgrave yet again. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know, in, in in Dark Souls 1, for example, like, if you want to fucking beeline it through the Undead Berg, it's actually really easy to do, and it's almost fun, because it's it's more directed, right? Where in, like, I just can't, I don't know, I can't fucking ride Torrent through the vast expanse of Limgrave and Lyurnia and, like, find it as enjoyable, even, even anywhere near as enjoyable, I should say, I should qualify, as I did the first time. Um, yeah, and that's that's actually something interesting to talk about, like... We probably both have a hundred plus hours in here. Um, I have almost two hundred hours in Elden Ring. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm probably close to that then, because um, I have I have maybe six characters now I've I've messed yeah. around with um, since you came by, and <laughs> like how un- how reasonable is it for us to expect a game to remain fun a hundred plus hours later? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, I do. I was going to get to that, but yes, that's definitely something worth talking about. Um, um, so let's stop talking about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is what you come to this podcast for. <laughs> we, we always joke before the pod that we got to stop talking about all the things we want to talk about on the pod. So let's do the opposite <laughs> thing, where if we run into something interesting we hadn't planned on the pod, let's save it for after the pod. We um, can just say something is offline, and it means we'll only talk about it when this is over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I don't. I don't think it's unreasonable of us to expect that. And again, keep in mind that my my playtime, like my clock, a lot of those hours is me kind of stubbornly pushing through, hoping I'm going to find fun on the other side of that ten hour chunk. You know what I mean? But that wasn't an issue the first time through, right? 
Exactly. Well, yes, it wasn't. Um, although I do think by the end of it, I was getting a little bit burnt out my first playthrough, but that's kind of a separate and apart thing. Um, I just, I just don't remember this happening with their other games. I have to. I guess what I'm trying to drive at is, is it, is it Elden Ring or is it fatigue with the series on our part? Would if, yeah. if a new Dark Souls four came out that followed the same formula, would it be the same thing? I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I don't think it would because I. Th- I think that as much as they gained going to an open world style like this for like a first time through, mm-hmm. I think they lost. They lost a lot in their like replayability, like longevity aspect. At least for me, I'm sure there are people who would disagree with that wholeheartedly. But having gone through like the first couple areas a few times now, I actually just find it super tedious and unenjoyable. Like there's there's that there's a chore level to it. That I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I've accomplished something when I beat Stormvale Castle. Now, I feel like finally I got that off my checklist. Like that was a pain in the ass. Where again, if I go back to Dark Souls One, and I make it to Taurus Demon and I beat him, I'm I'm less like annoyed that I had to do it. If that makes any sense. In our recent Bloodborne attempt, did you feel any of this chore feeling when we were running through it? I'd say maybe a little bit the very first area of Bloodborne and I think after that I, I felt it much much less okay yeah I think the scope of Bloodborne does make it easier to just jump back in with that's uh, what I mean I, I think this yeah I think the scope of the older games actually lends it lends themselves to still being a lot more accessible to to replayability and just second playthroughs that kind of thing right um, you also just get rewarded like there's there's the mm, this is something we'll touch on Elden Ring is so fucking massive, it's, like, impossible to remember intuitively where shit is, right? So, (laughs) honest, and on another playthrough, you're not going to be like, oh, yeah, I need this specific weapon or item, and I remember exactly where that was on my 100-hour playthrough the first time through, if not more, right? Whereas in, in, like, Bloodborne or Dark Souls, you play them a couple times, and you really start to form that mental map of where shit is. It's that that Mega Man effect, right, of you, you learn the level... And you eventually get to use that knowledge and like exercise that knowledge, and it feels good to do that. Right. Um, and it, and I, I'm sure it, you know. Obviously, it's doable in Elden Ring. You can learn the location of these things, but it's much much harder. Yeah, with the scale of it, it it's harder to commit that stuff to memory in, in one or two playthroughs. Um, and even when you do, like if, when you watch these challenge runs, you get these clip montages that they they show where they're gathering materials to get their build rolling and it's like Mm -hmm. it's like 20 plus uh one or two second clips of them gathering stones and running across the world to pick up uh i don't know a somber stone or something to to even start the build (laughs) i know i know yeah collecting the fucking 10 somber stones is a great example of the yeah just just how scattered everything is and it's yeah, I, I just feels it just feels less rewarding to me on on replay. I'm not sure exactly what it is. I, I you know what? I think I tend to say things rather broadly without drilling down to specifics. And forgive me, I'm probably going to do it again. Um, I'm shooting from the hip here. <laughs> I know normally this is a scripted podcast, uh, but t- today it's uh, totally <laughs> off the cuff. And I, I think, um, fuck, I got lost on my stupid fucking tangent there. Hold on. <laughs> Hang tight, everybody. Technical difficulties. <laughs> Kyle's brain is misfiring. You guys can't hear it, but there's just this droning 
clunky sound of the gears turning in his head. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what it sounds like. Uh, you know what? So I was going to say, uh, you know, okay, I'm going to say a statement, and then I'm going to think about if I agree with that statement, okay? It's called Talk Before You Think, all right? <laughs> all right. <laughs> I think Elden Ring's world is actually less compelling than their previous worlds have been. Uh, I could agree with that. First time through, the sense of exploration is yes. un- unmatched. Yes. The other games in the series have not been able to hit that. It's it's insane. But in terms of what you discover and in the lore and whatnot, um, it's still not as interesting to me as Bloodborne or Demon Souls. No, it, it's not as cohesive either. Like, I mm. just really... It just... I don't know. I, obviously, these games, calling their stories cohesive at all is kind of funny, but... Um, I think I think to me Bloodborne actually does the best job of this, um, but I actually I think Dark Souls One is another very good example and Demon Souls, um, of just a better like a tonally consistent and more focused story and world, and I don't think hmm. Elden Ring has that same kind of discipline. Which again for for for, for better or worse I don't I'm not necessarily gonna say. Some people, I bet, would enjoy this a lot more just because there's more of it. Right. Um, but I, let's think about some of the, the zones, okay? To me, Limgrave and the Weeping Peninsula and Altus Plateau are all pretty similar in appearance. Yeah, um, I was, I was going to comment on this, actually. But in an open-world setting where a lot of what you're creating is almost in a sense, randomized terrain for you to travel across to get to that really heavily planned area like uh, Raya Lucaria or Stormvale. Um, you, know, you know, cliffs and whatnot look mostly the same everywhere unless it's like some wildly different kind of rock, right? So yeah, yeah. A, cl- a cliff in Lernia and a cliff in uh, Limgrave and a cliff in Altus Plateau, they all look the same. A patch of grass looks the same. Even though the trees are golden in Altus Plateau, it's still just like high fantasy uh what am i trying to say but it it has i I know what you're getting at it they have a very similar appearance um and it's until it's only when you go into one of the big planned areas that you really feel that the vibe change yeah i i agree the the planned areas have a pretty good job with the vibe change but but i just especially upon replaying i started to feel that a lot even liernia with it being a lot of water and stuff (laughs) if you're not in that kind of central lake area you could easily convince me that you're walking around somewhere in um, in Limgrave. Like, if, if you looked at the right tree and hid the water, I'd be like, oh, yeah, it could be. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and I just, I, I don't know, I, I wish, there's just a bit, there's more distinction, I think, to a lot of the, the areas in, in the the older games in their series. It's funny I say that, though, because Bloodborne just, it like, has a lot of that gothic architecture all over the place, but I never felt that kind of tedium, almost. Even on replay, I'm not sure what it is. Well, I think in in the other games in the series, it's a lot more intimate, a lot more planned and directed. So the stuff you're running into, and you know where your camera might be when you enter some new scene, it's it's um, they can account for that far more easily, right? Right, right. Uh, and you know they had uh, they put a lot of work into this gothic atmosphere. And if you get bored of gothic atmospheres, that's going to happen. But Bloodborne is a lot more tightly focused on that and creating that feeling, um, mm-hmm. whereas Elden Ring is going for a much broader one. And 
a lot of it is kind of boring <laughs> on repeated playthroughs. Yeah, especially on repeated playthrough. Again, I, it was less of an issue when it was all fresh. Though, again, by the end, I was definitely kind of like, okay. I think at the last, like, the run-up to the last four bosses and stuff, I, I actually didn't find the, like, Faru Mazul, whatever, that crumbling place. It looked really cool, but to play through it, I was kind of like, meh. I was at a point where I wasn't yeah. thoroughly engrossed like I had been before that. I was kind of just doing it to to do it, you know what I mean? Which is easy to do with these games. Like They, they definitely, again, they have that Moorish quality, and I always want to just keep going on to the next area, but I know I was feeling a little bit over it at that point. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. It just, again, Elden Ring, obviously a very good game. I don't want to say it's bad by any means, um, and it... It did a good job, especially in the first half of really capturing that crazy sense of adventure. That that same sense that I got from the first twenty-ish hours of Breath of the Wild, before the magic started to wear off, and I've got to give them credit for that. Mm-hmm. But I just looking at their catalog, I don't. Again, the more time passes, and we talked about our, our ranking for these games probably changing all the time. But the more time passes, the more I'm thinking of of where Elden Ring sits in the ranking, and and it's kind of slipping further and further down for me. Especially if I look at it as, what game do you most want to play right now? Like, if you had to sit down and play a Souls game, what do you want? What would you want to play? Even if you don't want to play anything, what would you? What would you be happiest to at least try? And Elden Ring is like at the fucking bottom of the pile for me right now. Like, I don't want to touch that game for years. <laughs> I, I do think a big part of it, though, is just recent burnout and trying to force yourself to enjoy more of it after a hundred hours of play you know what i mean Um, yeah and and i I feel like this series fatigue for me or this elden ring fatigue would carry over to it has carried over to any other game in the series i i could barely finish dark souls 3 because i was getting bored and i tried so many times to get through it right yeah Um, three again three i do think three is also uniquely weak in the series but f- fair enough. Your your point is definitely. But um, even our our most there. recent Bloodborne playthrough, our our attempt, neither of us continued that when we were finished that night, right? No, um, no, we didn't. We know that game like the back of our hands. I, I do think it is unreasonable to expect a game to remain as fun after all of that. Um, it's kind of hard to. Um, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, not quantify, but to I guess put a value on how important replayability is to a game but uh, I, I couldn't go back to Dark Souls 1 and play through that right now I can tell you that right now <laughs> yeah. I haven't, I haven't I, played funny. that game seriously in years <laughs> yeah and I and I was doing that prior to Elden Ring and I was actually quite enjoying myself so I think I could hmm. although even then I, I like, I'd probably do it to beat it and then I'd put it away for a long 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 time again yeah right. there's probably a serious fatigue aspect to it I actually think one thing that the Souls games struggle with and i'm seeing as we've played so fucking many of them because they're so prolific now right is the they have a hard time of maintaining that character progression right especially when you know what you're doing and you're doing it on a replay right yeah Yeah, when you when you have like you said when you have the weapon that you're gonna do for that build or you know the spells that you're gonna do for that build you kind of stop getting new stuff, and then you're just like, okay, go beat the game now. And then the numbers just get bigger, and that's it, right? It's because there, there isn't a growth through a class of weapons. Like, you could take the the Claymore as, as I think it's just a regular greatsword, not an ultra, but you could take the Claymore and run with that the entire game and do really well. 
There isn't yeah. necessarily a required progression to a new greatsword, a new better greatsword that you found. So if, you, if you're playing a build that is lucky enough to get its some of its best stuff early on, which happens, like you can get Carrion Slicer in Elden Ring and go through the whole damn game with it. You get that in Limgrave in like 10 minutes. Right. Um, that was my first build. <laughs> um, if you're playing a build fortunate enough to have that Fortunate and unfortunate, I guess. But uh, you'll be able to dash through the whole damn game playing the way you want, but you're, also, you're not going to have much to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. And right. and that's, I guess, that's just the design they went for. Like, everything yeah, is yeah, viable, but then if the viable thing you want comes later, you, you either get to experience, like, having what you want fairly quickly and you get to, to enjoy that, or you don't get it for a long time and your build doesn't feel complete for, like, 50 hours <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. fair fair enough uh it's yeah you're right the, the kind of like progression through the weapon class would be would be an interesting approach i guess i'm at the point where uh, to me to me elden ring i wish they'd done more differently i guess like i wish it was less obviously dark souls 4 and it was more its own beast mm-hmm. like how like how sekiro totally has its own personality and vibe like it's just that you know you're when you're playing sekiro you're not sitting there thinking ah oh, this is you know, Japanese-inspired setting or like setting Dark Souls. It's it's not. It's it's Sekiro. Um, yeah. So I I don't know. I, I guess I was ready for something a little bit more. And again, it's not to say obviously I liked my first playthrough quite a lot. I was fucking obsessed with this game the first month and a bit. It was all right. I was doing in my spare time. So they, I've got to give them credit there. I just I can't help but feel like yeah, you're right. Maybe just Elden Ring was the final the final game in this format that I really want to see in that format i'm ready for something new yeah and you know bloodborne felt like a big change when it came out with the lack of defensive options and the uh, like hunter dash and all that and the trick yeah, weapons yeah. of course like you know if, if bloodborne 2 came out next year i'd be fucking all over that but <laughs> we we i think we were hoping that elden ring would be um I guess an advancement of the Dark Souls formula, and more in terms of gameplay. Like it is an advancement yes. in some ways in terms of the world, um, but in terms of gameplay, it's it's very much the old games, and in some ways worse. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, no, I, I fully agree with that. I actually, again, we we talked. I think we talked a little bit about this last time, but I think their approach to boss design has gotten worse over time. Like I think it's. I think they just have more worse bosses in Elden Ring than they do in some past games. Agreed. Reacting to those super long, slow held moves that are like obviously meant to roll catch you are just frustrating. I, I don't know. I, I don't find learning them satisfying. Like I, I've beaten Margit many, many times, and I still fucking hate fighting that guy. I was gonna say I, I actually don't... I enjoy Margit. I enjoyed Godric. Uh, I liked Renala a lot, but after that, I'm struggling to think of one I cared about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Renala was visually interesting, even if the summon thing was a pain in the ass. Um, the damage swings are a huge part of what turns me off. Wait, John, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off for a second. You're you're uh, I think you're fucking with your DNS is fucking with your uh, your voice. You're having like the kind of digital cutout shit happening. Ah, <sighs> son of a bitch. How about now? No, it just did it again. Shit. Uh, I would have to completely disconnect and uh, reboot my router to actually fix this. So <laughs> that was pretty. That was a pretty good run. So let's just fucking run with it. 
Um, that's all staying in, by the way, folks. I'm lazy. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> John, phone on silent, you motherfucker. Oh, I completely forgot. <laughs> that's what happens when, like, six weeks go by between podcasts. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I even want to talk about Elden Ring anymore. I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about our update and our, our kind of thoughts. I know I definitely want to see FromSoft do something different. I'm actually a little worried. This is the hipster in me talking, but I'm worried that with their success now, like with Elden Ring being such an obvious commercial success and mainstream success, right. that they're just not incentivized to really think outside the box anymore. Like Elden Ring 2 almost seems inevitable to me. Yeah, I mean, the sales justify that template, right? Um, and yep. making games as a business, you know, it's always that, like, do I want to be more creative or do I want to give the fans of what I made more of what they want um, yep. or more of what they bought the first time? Like, it's definitely a, a tough choice. Um, I think FromSoft as a team and Miyazaki as, like, a twisted designer guy <laughs> still have a lot of cool shit to show us but yeah i do hope they change up the formula yeah me too i hope that i hope that they kind of stretch their creative muscles and, and try something different I, I i would at this point just love to see honestly a new ip that might even not be really souls like just something new entirely so yeah sure Hopefully well, we see from some cool shit. Does, FromSoft does Armored Core, and I would love to see more Armored Core. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I want something new. I just want, I want something... I want, you know, Miyazaki's unique approach to shit, but but not Souls. I, I never thought I'd say that. I thought I'd want more Souls forever, but look at that. Too much of a good thing. I want to comment on what you said about being tired about talking about Elden Ring, because okay. I, have, I have never felt that with previous games. Like, if you started a new build... And you want to talk about it, and you know I would get nostalgic about about Dark Souls or Bloodborne, and say, "Oh, that sounds like a cool build," or "I never used that weapon." I'm so fucking tired about talking about Elden Ring, <laughs> or tired tired of talking about Elden Ring rather, because because yeah, yeah. you and I were playing, and and Dave was playing. Oh, fuck that guy, Dave, right? Oh fuck, Dave, that guy's such a shithead, dude. Oh, what a bitch. We haven't flipped off Dave digitally in a while. So. Way too long. Fuck Love that. you, Dave. <laughs> um, and Andrew was really into Elden Ring. It was great to see him, like, really get into a Souls game, and and just he was obsessed with this for a while. But we also yeah. talked about it a lot, and I'm so fucking bored of Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Me too. Me, I'm just, I'm so bored of it. It's funny though because I don't remember a game where. This is what's unique to me, I guess, is I don't remember a game where I wanted to enjoy it so much again and just wasn't able to, but I just kept trying. You know what I mean? Right. It just kept diving back in thinking sometime like somehow this was going to be different. But just inevitably I'd get to the same parts and I'd be like, why? Like, why? What is the point of me progressing at this point? Well, why why to, am I? Uh, yeah. Trying to find the fun on a, on a new playthrough. Yeah. Yeah. It just wasn't quite working for me. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think we can move on from that. I think we're both pretty burned out on, on Elden Ring. And if I, I can't speak for you, but I'm definitely burned out on the series right now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think, I, I think I, nothing short of like a Bloodborne 2 is going to bring me back anytime soon. <laughs> I was going to say, Bloodborne 2 would, would genuinely get my, my wiener twitching hardcore. <laughs> like, I, I, that'd, be, that'd be the best news from them, I think, aside from something totally new. Would Maybe someday. Bloodborne 2. I know, me too. That game's that game's dope. 
Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I think overall, like, I just don't want to play Souls games really right now. I'm just not not into it. So agreed. And that's okay. We we just played a shit ton of a pretty good one. So I guess that's reasonable, right? It's not it's not unreasonable to want to try something new for a while. So maybe this is a chance to self reflect. Uh, huh, just kidding. Fuck you, Elden Ring. Fuck you, Hidetaka Miyazaki. I'm going to dox you and your family. I'm going to shit on your doorstep. You made my life worse, you miserable fuck. Um, be be sure to post about that somewhere later. Yeah, well, I'll put that on the, tweet, the tweeter. The tweeter. Um, the tweeter. Let's talk about some fucking old-ass fucking final fucking fantasy. Man, you're salty today. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I Spi- <laughs> spicy is the word I was looking for. <laughs> spicy. Yeah, I got the I got the spicy today. I had some spicy chips before the podcast. Maybe that's why. That's what. Um, do. Don't listen to this one, mom. I don't think she listens to any of them. I don't think she knows how to. But do not listen to this one, mom. Um, I've been playing. So let, let's I guess go back. We wanted to do some revisiting of the old uh, PS1 era Final Fantasies. Just kind of look at what we liked about them and that kind of thing and. What made them so special and how well they they held up. You know that I played Final Fantasy VII last year and beat it for the first time. And I had a fucking blast. I think that game's really awesome and not overrated, not underrated. It's just rated. It's rated just right. It's fucking great. <laughs> um, John, you, you finished it as well. Was that earlier this year or was that last year as well? Uh, that was earlier this year, I think. It was, eh? It, um, wasn't, it wasn't too long ago. I, I think it's like just lightning in a bottle uh as far as like final fantasy games go it's one of the ones that they just they haven't really touched or haven't really reached that same height since um and i don't mean that to sound like i'm a nostalgic asshole who can't appreciate new things because i you know I, I like final fantasy 12 a shit ton i think it's an awesome game um i still think seven is actually overall a better package but yeah, yeah I you know, know, I, when, when I was when I was a kid, I was far more into Final Fantasy Tactics than I was Seven, and I really enjoyed Seven. But it's funny; I, I appreciate that game actually a lot more now as an as a, as an older man playing through it um, than I did as a kid, because I feel like I understand or I'm picking up on some of the more subtle story elements and whatnot, or yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the themes enough. or the the interactions between characters. I feel like I can appreciate that stuff more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, it blew me away how well that game holds up, and I want more. <laughs> yeah, no, it it holds up really, really well. Um, yeah, like I don't know if if you have a good game and interesting enough systems and mechanics, like turn-based battles, there's still a place for them in this world of video gaming. And I wish that more studios would would try their hand at this style of like PS1 era turn-based RPG. Um, but we've only got few and far between for those these days dragon quest continues to never change so that's good i guess um <laughs> but yeah so so seven's great i, I really like I, I don't have much more to say about that one but i decided recently after you know we, after i played seven i went through a bunch of more recent games and then you know culminating with elden ring not too long ago um i played triangle strategy i should talk about that a little bit before we end the pod but i'll save that for now and afterwards, I was like, what do I want to play? I decided some old games, and I decided it's time to try FF8 again and give it an honest-to-goodness try. And I will admit that an issue I have with playing these older games is I have a hard time playing them without like a guide-up because I'm so afraid of missing things. Um, so I know for a fact playing with the guide partially was, the, was one of the reasons that my FF8 run was ruined. But... 
I, I don't regret it because it's it's because of uh, it's because of knowing how the systems work that I stopped playing. Ignorance would have been the only reason I would have continued. But but as soon as you kind of find out, or at least as soon as I found out what's under the hood for eight and how, you know, what it values as far as character progression, I just get so fucking turned off of that game. Um, right. Like story and everything notwithstanding, I think the presentation's awesome. I do think that Balan Garden gets a little bit tedious to walk around. Because um, it has the warping mechanic where you can go to that central station and warp to the different areas, but then you always have to walk back from there, which right. is a pain in the ass. And it's just kind of a big, big space. Anyways, but but I still think... Like, I wanted to like it, and I wanted to see what the story had to offer, but, man, they, they just made some central decisions to gameplay loop that were super cancerous, in my opinion, and kind of totally undervalue everything else the game has to offer. Yeah, it's a real shame, because in my recent... Uh, my previous attempt and my most recent attempt, I, I couldn't get over that. As much as I was enjoying the world, those systems are just such a turnoff. Yep. I don't feel I don't like feeling punished for uh, engaging with the battle system. Like I'm going to miss out on stat gains or or things like that. Um, you know, I like to grind, and I, I hate it when a game makes or disincentivizes that. <laughs> I hate it when a game disincentivizes it, but also does nothing to tell you that you're missing out by leveling up now. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Like, what, how the fuck would I know without looking at a guide that if I gain levels early in the game, I'm going to lose out on stuff like later on? That's fucking stupid. <laughs> like, I've always hated systems where there's like a, a job system in an RPG, for example. Um, Dragon's Dogma is a good example, actually. The le- when you gain a level, the stats you permanently gain depend on what job you were on when you gain that yeah. level. Yeah, so stupid. So, yeah, you can completely torch a character by experimenting and not realizing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll just have this really this shitty mishmash of, of stats, and uh, <laughs> I hate that crap. Like, just If I can level the jobs separately, let me just switch to that and make the... Um, what am I trying to say here? Um, make it more gear dependent. If I switch and I don't have great gear, I'm going to suffer for a bit until I can get some. Yeah, that kind yep. of. No, thing. There, there are. I mean, yeah, there are ways around it. It's not. It's not a difficult problem to solve. It's already. It's been solved, right? So. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I just again, why why punish the player for playing the game, right? Like, oh, I like the the battle system you made here. Your animations and characters look sick. I'm going to go enjoy Squall's Gunblade R1 trigger thing for a bit because it's fun. Right. Oh fuck! Fuck you, man. Uh, you shouldn't have done that. You should have stayed on the road, you fucking piece of shit. Oh no, Mister Squaresoft, why are you so mean? <laughs> but um, it's it's purely an us thing because the game is not hard enough. I oh, know. I, I won't say purely, <laughs> but the game is not very difficult. You do not need to engage with the system I know. That way to get through it. <laughs> it's just that that what's there has missable components and are, we can't let it go. <laughs> it's it's so hard knowing that you did something suboptimally, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and you're right, that's absolutely an us problem. I know it's not only an us problem. There are definitely other people with this this compunction to not... Yeah. It, I don't know, it just feels bad, right? Like, or if, I, if I'm following a guide and I find out <clears> that <throat> I triggered a cutscene too early so I missed an item permanently and that item contributes to, like my treasure hunter rank in Final Fantasy IX, for example, I'm just fucking pissed. I'm like, there was no indication that this specific house was going to trigger the cutscene. Right. I was exploring the new zone that was available to me 
just in you know kind of a systematic fashion and now i'm punished because i went into this building sooner than i was supposed to like how is that my fault yeah you know what i'm saying like <laughs> it, it almost seems sometimes like they they did it in a way so that you would learn on playthrough number two but it's like i'm not gonna fucking sit down and back to back do a 60 hour turn-based rpg again like this is yeah. like you revisit every couple of years maybe kind of thing right i know i don't like that instinct um yeah, very few games do I want to play twice in a row. <laughs> yeah. Short, shorter arcade-like games like a Mega Man X, that's designed in, in a way where it's really easy to do that. And the game is not super long. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, for a 60-hour RPG where like 99% of what I'm going to see is the same every time. The only difference is before Story Part 18, I walked like for 30 minutes back to the first town to tick some fucking invisible checkbox i hate that shit. yeah 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 <laughs> yep fully agreed so anyway, like that that stuff just is is unbelievably frustrating and, and again so the, i'd say to me the number one issue with eight though is just its approach to stats so if you don't want spoilers for why final fantasy 8 is a bad game definitively john might john might bristle at that comment but i'm gonna say it with no apologies if you want to know, if you don't want to, if you want to remain ignorant and enjoy Final Fantasy VIII, uh, go away now. So, <laughs> the way that your stats work in this game is tied to having equipable summons, which is cool. The GF system is fucking sick, and I actually think the idea is amazing. Them having their own learnable skills and stuff, I'm way into that. Um, Agreed. So, eventually, your your GFs, your guardian forces, or we'll just call them summons can learn abilities that allow you to junction or kind of tie magic spells to your different stats. And the stronger the spell and the different type of spell works better with different stats, the the more you'll get a boost to that stat. So if you have like fire, like the base fire spell and, and you attach that to strength, you'll get a strength boost. If you have Firaga, like the level three version of that spell, you'll get a bigger strength boost. It also matters how many of that spell you have. Yes, the spells are finite and consumable, and you can collect like a hundred of them and put stacks of a hundred on characters. So if you have a hundred fire on junctioned or attached to strength, you'll have more strength than if you had ten fire, right? So what happens is you get into a battle, and the way that you get magic in this game is primarily from drawing it from enemies. So you just take a turn to use the draw command and pick whatever spell they have that you want, and you kind of add it to your character's stock. And they have infinite amounts of this stuff. So if you find an enemy with, you know, a new spell that you, you want, you kind of are incentivized to just sit there and draw it on every character who might not have it until they each have 100 before you move on. And Jesus Christ, does that bring everything to a fucking halt. Yep. But again, you do not have to do this. You could have a normal brain instead of a sick brain. And you could just <laughs> be like, oh, that's a new spell. I'll get it a couple times and I'll fucking move on. But, again, knowing that you could be stronger, like, knowing that there's a quote-unquote better way to do it, and just knowing that, like, oh, I want to use the Protect spell without worrying about running out of it, so I'm going to draw a bunch of it so I don't worry about it. Right. You, you, you optimize the fun out of the game, and, and I don't remember where this comes from, but there's a great old adage that, you know, players will always optimize the fun out of video games, and I think it was using Skyrim as an example, where, like, to max, like, to max out your athletic stat or something... Or your like recovery oh, magic stat. It was it was the blacksmith thing where all you do is make iron daggers forever. 
No, it, it, that, that's you know that's another one. I, I'm sure Skyrim is full of these, but this was one where they like stand over a particular fireplace in the game. Okay. That like allows them to get hurt over and over, so they can keep casting healing magic, and <laughs> okay. also like do a weird jumping trick, so their athletics increases at the same time. So obviously, what that player is doing is jumping over a fire and healing themselves for like an hour on end, which is not fun, right? But for whatever reason, gamers optimize the fun out of games because we like to find the most efficient routes and, and you know max out our stats and feel like a, a badass. But you've got to present those things more naturally and, and gradually and don't don't give us the option of so easily abusing your systems right um one of the well, other I, sorry i would say yeah. design wise don't create the incentive to to hoard everything and like never let it go <laughs> like yeah, they, they, yeah they've designed it in a way where a lot of the fun is collecting new magic and some of the fun should be using that magic but you're you're not you're incentivized not to do that because it will directly weaken you. Yes, actually, you're right. That, that's a, just a really good point. Is is if you say you've got your stack of a hundred Firagas on strength, if you keep using that Firaga spell, you'll lose your stock, and you're yeah, you're making your strength stat worse. So yeah, your incentive is to collect it and never fucking look at it. You might as well be collecting stats, right? You might as well be extracting strength from enemies, and then. Like it's just such a weird system. I don't know. There, there's there's this sparkle of a good idea in there, but the execution, in my opinion, is is god awful. Like I, I kind of don't know how it got past playtesting, but yeah. And if we if we look at a, a Scott that Skyrim example, you know, you can still play and enjoy the game, growing those skills organically, because you're as far as I remember, you're not missing anything by not like power leveling that. If you want a power level, more power like. Uh, you know great for you like I, lo- I love to do that stuff i love to grind and like break games that way but you don't have to to get everything out of the game um but in ff8 obviously you're not required it's it's our brain worms again you're not required to do the 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 card stuff and get all the best really good magic early on but but being disincentivized from actually using the shit you collect is a horrible feeling <laughs> I think most yeah. people playing would agree with that. <laughs> and yeah, it, it, didn't, it didn't have to be that way either. Like, the you didn't have to tie that to some expendable resource. Like, you could have leaned more on skills or some way of powering up your GFs. Yep. So that strengthening your GF or getting levels for your GF is what powered that thing up. <laughs> I just fucking <laughs> realized that it just sounds like we're saying girlfriend the whole time, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Level don't forget to train you. Don't forget to train your GF guys <laughs> <laughs> or gals. Uh, oh goodness! Um, now, yeah, I'm explaining no, this horribly, but th- it could have been fixed in so many ways. I was I was going to say like the, the solution is is like yeah there there's so many ways to to take their like clever creative system ideas and, and tweak them just a little bit so they become super fun. Um, I don't know. Yeah. They're, they're, I'm sure there must be mods for PC where they've done some tweaks to this shit because I know the junction system has its detractors, and I am certainly one of them. I just, I just think it fundamentally takes away from the game. But mm-hmm. uh, like, I think with the systems they have, those could have been tweaked and reorganized so that you have a lot of the same, if not all of the same, base components, but uh, handled in a way where you don't have that that horrible. FOMO and and just that hoarding mentality. It could have been done in a way where you're really 
like other RPGs, it's, it's you can engage with the system however you want. Yep, yep, I fully agree. Um, there's oh the other thing about it that's frustrating is how insanely abusable it is because Final Fantasy VIII has the best mini game of all Final Fantasy games in it, which is Triple Triad, which is a card game. Hell yeah. Um, Triple Triad is honestly what I probably did the most of in Final Fantasy XIV online. I played so much fucking Triple Triad, and like I just had such a fun time collecting the cards and shit. So it's it's really anyways, fun. It's it's just a really solid game, and, I, and it honestly made me want a a Triple Triad spinoff game where there's like a whole story and characters, like the Pokemon trading card game, Game Boy game. Oh god, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know it'd be so good. I'd love I'd love a card based uh, uh, Final Fantasy with Triple Triad. But anyways. But the problem is, you can you can basically through some clever abusing of an NPC make it so that the rules for the card game changes. So if you win, you get all five of your opponent's cards in your deck. And the opposite is true. If you lose, they get all five of yours, which means you're gonna have to you know reset the game because you can't afford to lose your best cards. But which is also frustrating, by the way. Um, but if you if you abuse that trick, you can basically go around the very first area of the game getting some insanely strong cards. You can then level up one of your guardian forces a few times so that they can turn those cards into items. And then you can refine those items into spells. And into spells that are way too strong for like the very start of the game. And then if you do that enough, you get 100 tornadoes, for example. You now are fucking invincible. You put that on strength, you'll one-shot everything. Um, it, it makes destroying the spider and Dalit a complete joke. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's such a, it's just such a weird choice to, to make that even an option. You know what I mean? Um, I, w- I would have liked it if that card game was more separate, um, like a really fun, engaging mini game that would have some cool rewards later for sticking to it. But yep. t- tying it directly into getting magic and therefore the junction system makes it feel like like that that is the optimal way that is the best way to get the crap you need to be strong yep yeah so yeah that's the other thing yes good thank you for saying that john the the card game triple triad is like so uh like so central in in collecting magic efficiently to then have you know powered up characters to take on the 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 game that it's just what you're going to end up doing and it's and it's fun, which you know, to their credit, it's fucking awesome. Like it's a really fun game. To yeah, play. like once you figure out how to use it, you're gonna want to do that rather than draw a hundred spells on three characters. <laughs> yeah, but like it's funny because you're literally like incentivized to play their fun card game and never do random battles because <laughs> yeah. and enemies just level up with you. <laughs> yeah, enemies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, enemies level with you, which is a problem. Um, yeah. Anyways, it, it's. Uh, it's a shame like systems for rpgs are super important right like interesting you you can make such a significant profound change to an rpg for better or worse with very small tweaks right like mild formula changes that are like oh wow it seems such a a small difference but you know it kind of turns the whole thing on its head like you'll just see this as if you play ps1 rpgs and then ps2 and You'll see that the smallest iterations can have a huge impact on the game. And they, they just went too hard with this one, I think, because they had a ton of ideas that were unique and new and interesting and cool and, like, all the fucking props to them for coming up with this stuff. Because it's hard to think about stuff like this. Like, I think unless you are versed in the language of RPGs, it's hard to come up with new, interesting ways of interacting with stats. 
Um, but I just think they threw too much at the wall and not enough of it stuck. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would honestly like to see a new attempt, like advance this system to something that avoids the pitfalls of the of the first iteration here. Um, yeah, because I do think there is a redeemable system under there. It's just with the way you and I engage with RPGs, and I'm sure the the one person listening, you probably feel the same if you're here. <laughs> hey, how you doing, by the way? Hi, um, hi, Brandon. <laughs> Brandon Sanderson, awesome. Um, but with the way you and I engage with RPGs, it's just really hard to ignore those problems. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't like. We talk about our brainworms, and obviously, we we definitely have our own little issues with optimizing and not being able to look past that shit. But right, I think that systems are are really how anybody who's familiar with RPGs. That's the language of the game, right? So it's just how you interact with that world. Yes, there's like a story and characters on top of it, but fundamentally, if the underlying systems aren't enjoyable, you're just, it's a huge barrier to continuing. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's disappointing. I really wanted to see eight through. I, I have fond memories of getting to the point where you play the three like dream characters. Laguna, is that the one guy's name? Uh, Laguna, Kiros, and Ward. Yeah, that I remember doing that as a as a kid, probably not even quite a teenager, maybe just an early teen, but yeah, and having like a lot of like being really turned off at first, but then the game totally winning me over with that thing, and I was excited to see how that went as an adult now, but I I just can't do it. I can't play Final Fantasy VIII. Little tangent here, but um, for anyone listening, if you want really good game discussions like uh there's a great series on final fantasy 8 check out the resonant arc podcast they have a great um they have lots of great uh uh, game coverage podcast series and uh, they did ff8 and they talked about how laguna was actually going to be a a much bigger part of the game like he was going to have his own overworld section and everything and it seems like it got cut for time but uh they do a great job covering that so check those guys out Kyle, you disappeared. Hey, sorry. I just uh, I had to mute my mic because I was puking because you um, you recommended a better podcast to our one listener. Uh, that was our that was our only shot, dude. And yet we blew they can the they can do both. You listen they to Resident Ark when you've got time, and then when you're taking a shit, you put us on. <laughs> I was gonna say, isn't aren't the Resident Ark ones like fucking eight hours long or more? They are huge, but they're yeah, all fun. yeah. You don't get you ain't got time for both. They're gonna pick them, anyways. Uh, it's actually very cool that Laguna was intended to be a much bigger part of the game. It's so it's so wild hearing those stories about these projects and like what their intentions were and mm-hmm. what we ended up getting and how it, it's just funny how we canonize everything as like this is how it is and was always meant to be with, with any with anything right any project we always do that whatever ships we just assume this was the developer's intention and this is how it was supposed to be this is the gospel of. Final Fantasy VIII, but then you hear stuff like that, and it's just funny how this is on know. a disc. This month, this is gospel now. This is yeah. exactly what they wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, anyways, enough harping on FF8. I, I decided I, I took a break from it. I, I felt very sad, as I do when I quit a game. Um, you heard my voice crack there because of the tears. Um, <laughs> so I, I took a break for a bit. I wasn't playing anything, and then I decided I was going to give. FF9 ago, I I played that a little bit last year, I think, maybe the year before, but I, I bought it, it was certainly pandemic times anyways, I bought it on Steam, 
and I was going to play it on PC for a bit, and then I, I got to, like, the village of Dali, which is maybe three, four hours, probably not even, and I beat it and stopped playing for no reason. I was having a fine time. I just stopped. So, anyways, I got past that point yesterday, and um, I'm having a good time. Like, it, it's it's not grabbing me like Seven did, and I th- it's weird. I, I like that they went with a more, like, medieval setting with a tiny bit of steampunk trapping with their airships and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but I also miss the, like, 7 and 8 vibe. There's, like, a unique vibe 7 and 8 have that no other games in the series quite capture. Um, and 9 kind of is this big departure from that. Again, like it in the way because it's it's different almost back to the roots, but I'm it's missing something almost. Um, I don't really like the character designs... I just think they went a bit too circus freaky with a lot of the characters and NPCs. I still don't know what the hell Amaranth is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but even like, there's just hippos. You know, hippo people. There's hippo that. people. There's rat people. There's you know, like duck people. It's just weird. I don't know. I, I don't mind the weirdness of it all. But when it comes to the the characters themselves, I just the the. Design aesthetic is not my favorite, and I definitely miss the kind of more human proportions and, and realistic look of some of the seven and eight characters. Like eight, you know, seven has its weirdness with with Red Thirteen and stuff, and Kate Sith. But yeah, eight, nine. You'll see it if you if you haven't seen it. The the style of nine is just so obviously different from the other two. It's also uh, Hironobu, sorry, Hironobu Sakaguchi. He, I think he really kind of took the helm with nine again and made it his own. And I think he's on record as saying it's like his his view of what Final Fantasy always could or should have been. Right. I know he holds it in special regard, anyways. And yeah, so so far it's it's definitely good. The, the systems are solid. I remember disliking the learning abilities from weapons thing a, a bit more than I have been. I've actually not minded it so far. In a way, it's it's like a double-edged sword. I, I like. The excitement of finding a new piece of gear is is more because on top of just better stats, I also have an ability tied to it, which is kind of neat. It right. just gets a little bit overwhelming sometimes when you have a bunch of weapons on hand or ar- armor on hand too, because you get stats or skills from both. Sorry, um, and you you know it keeps piling up, and you haven't mastered all the ones you want to master, and you just can't bring yourself to move on to the next better piece of gear yet because you're still working on the skill on the other one. Yeah, I think um, the only, and it's such a minor flaw, but I think the only flaw with that really is the when you find a new weapon in a game like Final Fantasy VII, for example, and it has better materia slots and better attack, it's exciting and you get to use it right away. But in nine, when you have skills tied to that that might take a long time to learn and you're not grinding a lot between new weapon pickups, um, it's, it's dulled just a little bit because you can't use it yet. Yeah, I would say if, if you made a point of like grinding the skills out more you could definitely get through it faster and get to those weapons sooner um i do think there is a certain kind of penalty to leveling up early game i haven't quite figured out what it is but the guide has hinted that i shouldn't overgrind early game hmm. um i again I, I decided not to deep dive this one to ruin something for myself and get pissed uh but i've just i've kind of made a point of fighting where I need to uh, and not overdoing it for now. But I, it's weird because, again, I, I'm yet the same as number eight. I'm 
wanting to do more random battles and stuff and grind out some abilities, but the guide's telling we don't do that, and it's it's a little frustrating. But anyways, it, it's with with the without junctions being here to also shit on my parade, I'm finding it I guess a bit more tolerable. <laughs> but the card game sucks compared to Triple Triad, right? Yeah, I still don't get it. I, I I read the whole tutorial and still when I have the cards fight each other, numbers pop up that I just don't know where they came from or what they mean. I've never um, put the time into Tetra Master to understand it, but I also like the simplicity of, of Triple Triad so much I don't want to. <laughs> I know. No, Tetra Master is definitely more complicated, like, significantly. It's not, like, a super complicated game by any means, but um, here, here's the, so here's an overcorrection that they did. And it, it works okay because Tetra Master is not great, but um, Tetra Master has, like, no good rewards for the entirety of Final Fantasy IX. Oh, really? The rewards are basically more cards and then, like, a title at the end. I don't think there's a single, like, significant item you get from playing Tetra Master at any point throughout the game. Shit. Yeah, so so it's, it takes a huge back seat where it's just funny because in 8, it's so fucking central. And then in 9, they're like, oh, yeah, there's a card game that's super in-depth, but you have no incentive to play it unless you happen to like it. And just want to collect the cards for shits and giggles, which, which again, you know, I'm sure some people do, but yeah, it's it's funny that they, I would say of the two approaches, I would go more for nine over eight. Um, I would rather have a less central but really fun mini game I get to engage with than have the mini game tied into everything. <laughs> I, I agree, I, and to my mind, a middle ground is just the, the way to go. But yes, I, yeah. I, I definitely I'm glad that Tetra Master isn't something significant I have to give time to, um, because you know you run the risk of being a player like me who just doesn't really care for it and now being forced to do it and that kind of sucking. I think there are a couple points in the games where the game rather where you have to play a game or two of Tetra Master, but it sounds like they're pretty easy. So yeah. Um, Character-wise, I think 9 is a little bit weak so far. I don't really have a good sense of... How far are you now? Uh, like six, five or six hours, six, seven hours. Okay. Um, don't have a great sense of Zidane aside from the fact that he's a lecher. Uh, he just <laughs> likes pretty yeah. girls. Like That's kind of his whole character is he's, he's a, a daring thief and he likes pretty girls, which is, I mean, it's pretty shallow. Steiner is just the loyal knight who wants to protect Garnet and hates the Dane for being the the thief. Like Steiner is really two dimensional to me so far. I'm sure he'll evolve. I hope he does. But I find him. I'm finding him a little bit tedious because he's just always talking about how awful Zidane is and how he needs to get the princess back to the castle. Right. Um, uh, Vivi's interesting. I, I still think Vivi's one of the better characters because. He's having the whole crisis of, of identity with, with finding the black mages who look like him that are like dolls and not knowing if he is his own person or if he was also like created or something. Yeah, he um, has the most like the deepest existential yeah. like storyline there that's really good. And it's so much more impactful than what a lot of the other characters get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And again, Garnet, she's like the princess in the game. Uh I, I, I'm sure this will all flesh out and hopefully become a little bit more interesting, but just at a, as a starting point, I'd say motivations are a little bit lacking. Um, Garnet wanted to leave her country because her mom was being a bit weird. Uh, and, you know, her dad had died and now mom was acting strange. Like, it's just kind of classic, right? 
the monarch is has a new advisor and they seem to be changing because of the new advisor whispering in their ear um I, I guess it just seems a little cliche and she herself isn't so interesting that i can forgive that because she hasn't really proven herself worthy of of me caring about that storyline yet anyways right so hopefully that that changes as the game goes on system wise game wise it's all solid enough that i'm definitely going to continue and hopefully have more extended thoughts on it all i would love if if i continue with a giant at some point i'll have to try it again and see if we can't both go through it and give it like a a real critical look because i'd love to hear your thoughts on it you know if i can get through remake for a pod episode i can do nine yeah hell yeah that's that's (laughs) yes absolutely remake has the anger quality though where nine won't nine isn't going to make you angry you're just going to be like ah this isn't great and then you'll stop playing that's true. It was it was very much uh, uh, a hate completion at the end. Yeah, I still didn't. Yeah. I still didn't actually finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hate boner can help for sure. <laughs> no, I, I could get through nine though. I did. It doesn't have the exciting hook that seven had. Um, it doesn't have the. Um, I, you know, I still found the characters in eight very interesting. If I didn't care for the systems as much, nine to me is a lot more kind of standard and boring um I, i've tried multiple times i have not been able to finish that game and it's not because it's bad it's because i'm not really excited to continue it yep um whereas i, I definitely didn't feel that with seven but yeah I, I could get through that if we want to do a, a pod on that one day what's the what's the farthest you've gotten in like recent memory Ooh, let's see um you're well you're playing through it now do you want me to spoil an area or uh... How big of a spoiler are we talking? Uh, you know, I don't even say. Buy, I don't even bother. But is, what, that's a what three disc? disc game, right? That's yeah, a three yeah. disc game. So I was definitely on three. Okay. Well, shit. Now I don't want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have spoiled the disc. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyways, I'm hoping I'm hoping it keeps me enough that I want to. To finish it i'd love to finish nine and just kind of have that on, off my list and just see see if it can reach some of the same heights by the end of the game that that the others have but we'll, we'll see cool um yeah it's just it's been interesting to revisit the playstation one era of final fantasy because i think it was definitely having a hard time like finding its identity yeah there's like a there's a certain dna i think between like four five and six on the Super Nintendo, where it makes sense that that was the progression of those games. I think 7, 8, and 9, there was a bit of back and forth on, like, what is Final Fantasy at this point? What is the next Final Fantasy going to be? How do we follow up Final Fantasy 4, I think, was very different to how do we follow up Final Fantasy 7. Now, are you... Does a lot of that come from presentation? Because 4, 5, and 6 still have some pretty significant system changes with like the espers and the esper system is a lot like final fantasy 9 in equipment isn't it um yeah kind, but, yeah kind of but with the, the 2d sprite appearance it, it is very easy to see them as connected do you do you think that the the wildly different world presentations are a big part of this yeah that, that's probably not insignificant at all that's probably a big part of it and it, it is it does create a much bigger um 
sense of change, I guess, because you go from the really rudimentary models of seven to way more humanoid models in eight to much more chibi models in nine. It is it is yeah. quite a shift each time. Yeah, it is. Uh, I also found, as much as I enjoyed the world of eight, I also find, um, or I found early on that it seemed muddy's the wrong word but it didn't seem as well defined as as seven or nine so you know what i actually think it's funny you say that the overworld of seven is still like the world map of seven is the best to me of the three of them i was gonna say nine has like a muddy quality to it even sometimes especially on world map hmm interesting yeah Anyways, that's in very particular context of just the overworld, but... Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we're both waiting for each other to talk. <laughs> All right, Kyle, you talk. All right, here, and, uh, and, uh, and I'm done. I think I'm done with the Final Fantasy PS1 talk for now. I know Anything else you want to add before I move on? I'm sure I'll talk about it more when I have either finished or quit Final Fantasy IX. Uh, no, I'm good, but I do think it's a it's a good idea to do an episode on on one of them, just completely dedicated to just that game. That'd be cool. Cool. Yeah, a Final Fantasy IX episode might be a fun one to do. Well, we'll get on it then. Start playing. <laughs> well, I want to see if you finish first. Fuck you. <laughs> I can't. I can't be the one that has to finish it first, even if it's bad, and then you come in and be like, "Okay, I guess I can do it too." <laughs> Fuck you. And dead air. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the we, next what thing. What are we moving on to? The next thing we're going to talk about was some news from the Final Fantasy. Sorry, from the PlayStation Showcase that was just this past week. Um, we'll start with Final Fantasy 16, speaking of. All right. So, you and I both watched the trailer for this. What do you think? Uh, personally, I'm not very excited. Um,. Graphically, it's very much it's the next gen evolution of Final Fantasy XIV's look, which makes a yep. lot of sense since uh, Yoshi P is directing this. I think, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's not bad graphically; it, it does look fucking great. But the gameplay changes do not excite me at all. I just, I, I don't know. Modern Final Fantasy, when they look as good as they do, I just, I, I like don't care about them. Like that look combined with their writing and their storytelling instincts just don't do it for me <laughs> yeah no I, um, I, I totally i totally get that John. and then you combine that with uh an action gameplay system and i i'm like this isn't what i want out of final fantasy so i'm i'm at it like my interest is at a, a all-time low for this right now but um I have to imagine it's better than seven remake and fifteen, so I would still like to try it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I basically feel the same way, John. I I may be a little bit less well I, I may be a little bit less likely to be turned off of it from the action standpoint. Like I, I I'm willing to see what they can bring to the table there. Or rather I was willing to see, but when we watched the trailer the bit of like gameplay they showed was so unbelievably flashy and overstimulating and yes, fast. Uh, and I want to clarify heavy. that too. That when I talk about action um, coming from Yoshi P, that's that's Final Fantasy fourteen, where you can't see a goddamn thing because a hundred spell effects are exploding in your face. That's what this looks like. 
Yeah, it, it does. Like it, it, it's it's just too much. I'd love a more, you know, pared down approach where, like, you know, imagine like a Final Fantasy Eleven kind of pace, but with some action to it. That could be interesting. Like casting yeah, yeah, you fire. Know, has you know what it is to too? It. Like the what you're seeing often doesn't mesh with how the world looks. Like it, it looks almost like there's this kind of understated tone to the story and the cutscenes you watch and the characters you're listening to but the battle system is so much the opposite of that and it seems like all fucking flash and this craziness it's like they don't fit to me yeah I that's interesting feel that way but I, I that's an interesting point I, I think I could get behind that that it's almost like such a muted realistic approach to characters and, and dialogue at least based on the cutscenes we're seeing right mm-hmm. and then yeah, it would match a bit better with a more, again, pared down, dialed back battle system that was more down to earth and just, you know, more classic RPG. And then instead we get this fucking insane, like, flying in the air, crashing down, you know, like the Kingdom Hearts style of, of your characters fly all the time. <laughs> that that seems to be the, the Final Fantasy way now, and I really don't care for it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I mean, there's we've no, made no secret of our disdain for some more recent Final Fantasy stuff. It just their sensibilities have obviously changed dramatically, and it's not a bad thing always, right? It's it's fine to adapt and evolve and change. Like games are different than they were 20 years ago. So whatever, uh, if they want to take their flagship series and make something totally different out of it, but. They just, like you said, their sensibilities, design-wise, story-wise, writing-wise, especially, have just been so off for me the last decade and a bit. Yeah, you know, I appreciate Square's willingness, and this is this has been true since day one with Final Fantasy. They're willing to try new shit with every entry, sometimes wildly new shit. And if it's yeah. not for me, I still kind of appreciate that there's a company willing to take risks like that. Um, but it, it also does suck when an announcement trailer like this comes out and i'm like oh i don't want to play that <laughs> yeah the, the excitement is like uh, when an old final i mean in, in days long gone like final fantasy 8 or 9 was announced and you're like oh my god i can't wait yeah um, for sure yeah, very different more of feeling. this yeah more of this stuff i love because it's still turn-based and, and things like that but now yeah yeah, yeah final fantasy is a very different animal yeah it is it's definitely a very very different animal um what did you think of the whole like gigantic summons fighting each other with health bars. That was that was strange. I don't know how that's going to play out. Yeah, um, I felt I felt strange about it too. Yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to fit with the rest of of like if this is the new version of the lengthy summon stuff from from past games like a minute and a half for fucking knights of the round. If you're engaging with this now and it's a summon battle, that'd be really cool, but I, I have no idea how this will play out. Hopefully, it's not really tedious. Um, and hopefully, you're not constantly taken away from uh, uh, engaging with your main character, whatever his name is. Yeah, it, it seemed to me like they were these like almost scripted battles of you bring out your summon to fight the other side's summon, and it's this big giant battle between the two of them, and they have health bars, and they seem to kind of automatically go at it I, I don't know it looked very mechanically i'm just very curious how it works um yeah 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 it, I, I've, it's hard to have an opinion one way or another right now but um yeah I, I, like you said i'm curious about what it's going to be like it does look kind of strange it almost looks like a summon fighting game <laughs> yeah i know i know that's what it, that's what i thought of too i was like oh summon fighter um 
yeah, it, it's weird. I, I'm curious to see more. Like you said, I, I do want to try Final Fantasy 16, especially if it has a more grounded story. Uh, I'd love to see... I'd just love to see a good Final Fantasy story again. Um, but I guess... I will say, the the coming back to 14 for a sec, and what I, the vibe I got from this trailer definitely felt like 14, and I really didn't care for a lot of 14 storytelling style. <laughs> What, um, but wasn't wasn't that just because all it was was walking from cutscene to cutscene of people talking? Like, no, I, I mean the way they deliver lines, the the like English style they speak. I'm I'm definitely less into that than I am oh, something I like like a seven or eight and, and yeah, yeah. even twelve. I found I think twelve is still a great fucking game um, and with really good quality voice acting too. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, the the kind of. I don't know if this is the right word, but Elizabethan style of speaking. Whatever they do there, I'm not the biggest fan of that. So hopefully that doesn't uh, detract too much from me. But yeah, I'd still like to try it. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's definitely hard to connect with characters who sound like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, because you, you, you can do the fantasy setting and not make your characters talk that way, right? It's actually very easy to do. <laughs> Like, yeah. if you read a Brandon Sanderson novel, they're not all talking in this weird, like, foreign-to-you style of speech. It's written in a way that you assume you're reading, like, another, people speaking a language that's totally foreign to Earth because it's some fantasy world, but it's just written in English, right? So you get yeah, the kind of best translated approximation. Yeah. I was gonna, exactly. I was going to say view it as a translation um, yeah. if, you, if it helps you engage more. But I, I definitely do engage more when they speak more naturally. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, hopefully it's not overly Elizabethan, as you said. Um, yeah, I'm looking. I can't, so I can't the video. wait. I can't wait to get the cheese for Titan Cow. Can you? The cheese for oh, <laughs> uh, fuck you, Final Fantasy fourteen. Fuck <laughs> you, so hard. Yeah, these summon fights, man. I just, I mean, I, I like. So, I typically like when summons are like a central theme or they have like a central role to the story in in Final Fantasy. Well, I say that, but actually I hate Final Fantasy X, so I don't know, maybe I'm making shit up. <laughs> I like the idea of a version of that done well, uh, so I'm not opposed to the, the summons playing a more central role here. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm cautiously... Not optimistic. What's the, I'm cautiously negative. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like you said, it, it's for a long time. It hasn't really quite been what we wanted. I'd just love to see them fucking take a real shot at modern turn base. I'd love to see them do that again. I think they could actually bring something new to the table there that would blow us all away. But I, I agree, and it's it was a while ago now, but I still thought when I played Lost Odyssey. Um, the world of Lost Odyssey, the setting, the story, they were not the greatest. They were not on par with some of the better Final Fantasies. But that presentation with turn-based battles still worked fucking beautifully. Right, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it's this weird zeitgeist thing. Almost like when the Japanese developers back in the days, you know, thought North Americans were too stupid to handle RPGs, right? Which was not the right. case. Like, they, they had their heyday here, and they, they still do. I feel like this is now everybody just assumes, but especially I think more so for North Americans that we just we can't do turn-based RPGs anymore. 
that people just won't have it. We're, we're too addicted to flashy action. So I hope that there's a bit of a renaissance at some point. But Yeah, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see the, a modern game with uh, Square's graphical sensibilities, but turn-based. Yes, me too, man. Me too. Again, because there's a way to do it that like I think would be new and fresh. Like You could do so much with the presentation but maintain the turn base. Yeah, right? you could yeah. you could make it so interesting to watch those turn-based battles that it would feel like something elevated, and I know they could do it, but I just don't think they want to. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem to be the direction they want to move in. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Final Fantasy sixteen. It's it's gonna be a while yet. It's next year at least. They didn't say when, just next year. So probably late even next year, or if it's anything like Final Fantasy fifteen, it will be another <laughs> eight years. But. Um, <laughs> Just, just a couple more things that they mentioned in the in the state of play or whatever it was. Um, Resident Evil Four is getting a proper Resident Evil Two style remake, which is exciting. I think. Um, I'd love to play that game again in, in crazy HD on my PS Five. So I haven't played that in ages. So I, I, I'm definitely ready for it again. I hope it's good. I liked Four quite a bit when I played it on GameCube. Um many years ago and yeah I'm, I'm excited for it. I hope it, it still captures like the the goofy charm of 4. Yeah yeah oh yeah it's definitely a goofy game despite some of its scarier moments. Yeah um, <laughs> yeah and then uh, there's a cat game called Stray that I've been following for a while that looks extremely adorable. You should look it up if you haven't heard of it. I'm not going to say much more but it comes out July 19th. I think it's a PS5 oh it's PS5 and PS4? Hmm Oh, and PC. Yeah, anyways. Um, Spider-Man's getting remastered. Who gives a shit? That game's fucking not old enough to be remastered. Uh, it, Street it is Fighter? a little weird. Oh, as, good as, that, as good as that game is, it's a little weird to, to have that remastered already. <laughs> I know. I, I, yeah, it's very strange. They, they do this it a is, lot these days. But technically, I, I kind of get it because they can reduce, if not eliminate, the load times. Like. It, it'll look better, and you'll get, like, a seamless New York, which is kind of cool. But. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Um, um, plus, if you haven't played Spider-Man... I remember it being Spider-Man. a problem on PS4 anyway, but go ahead. Yeah, I don't either. I, I remember it was, was pretty seamless anyways. I was just going to say, if you haven't played Spider-Man, it's it's coming to PC in August um, with the, the remastered version. So it's great. It's a really fucking solid game. Um, they really the, captured Peter Parker in there. Yeah, like, it, I think it's one of the best Peter Parkers outside of the comics ever. Um and just a pretty solid story all around. So, yeah, give it a, give it a try. Give it a go. Uh, Street Fighter Six has been really properly shown off a little bit. And, John, are yeah. you going to play Street Fighter Six full-time now? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. You know me, I'm, I'm super competitive, so I'm ready, yeah. to, I'm ready to get in there in the tournament yeah. scene. <laughs> me too. Yeah, I already bought my arcade stick. Did you get your arcade stick? No, I'm a controller scrub. <laughs> you idiot. Um... <laughs> John and I, we, we watched the like trailer for this, and and we kind of both organically came to the point of being like, oh shit, am I gonna like get get good at Street Fighter Six? Um, which we both we've definitely both had moments with Street Fighter games where we thought, yeah, this is the one I'm gonna really pour my heart and soul into and get good at. Um, but no, we we came to our senses. We are not. We're just not those people. I've never really been a huge competitive game person to begin with. It's just not where I find joy in video games, but. The few times I have, um, it just brings about more misery than anything else. So I, I don't think I'm going to play a whole lot of Street Fighter Six. Yeah, and 
I, I don't know about you, but I have not enjoyed the graphical style of Street Fighter since it went 3D. I think it looks silly. <laughs> I, I actually um, don't mind it as much, but but fair enough. The the hyper bulk of these characters, it's just so ridiculous to me. Um, I, I think actually 6, if anything, looks a little bit better. Like I feel like they've dialed it back a little bit compared to 5. I thought Ryu five. still looked like a fucking 400-pound linebacker, though. Yeah, I just looked. I'm it gonna up. I'm gonna look it up right now. All right, let's uh let's look at it together. The audience can hear us live react. <laughs> uh, I'm watching the guy break dance and kick faces. Need to find a good screenshot. Yeah, I, yeah, it still looks ridiculous to me. Um, I've, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of their. I can just say it. I'm not a fan of their 3D style. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, it wouldn't be if this was a, like the best fighter ever, and the open world shit actually matters. That would not be enough to stop me from trying it. But yeah, yeah, graphically, it's it's definitely not my cup of tea. Um, open world stuff, though. I you know I'm I'm legit excited to see fighting games actually try some new shit outside of battle. Cause yeah, you have all these gorgeous characters. You have these. Um, you know, detailed, well-animated characters because those what they're doing in battle has to look great. Um, and you never, there's there's like never been a good fucking fighting game story. They're always this the most sh- shallow shit. <laughs> yep. So I I would love to see actually um, this evolve a bit and like actually have a world that matters or character interactions that fucking matter. I really don't think this will be it. Or rather, I'm like I'm super skeptical. I don't think it's gonna be good, <laughs> but I, I'm excited to see someone try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. I I also agree. I'm not I'm not optimistic that they're gonna have put a ton of thought into this. And you know, like the Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy, Jesus Christ, sorry, but the Street Fighter <laughs> Five story mode that it launched with, especially, was so unbelievably lackluster and defensive that I just would be surprised. The story was they... fucking garbage. Yeah, well, like they, it launched with like a, a half story. Remember, it like, didn't even launch complete. There was something missing to Street Fighter Five on its initial release. Yeah, I, I went, so I didn't get into Street Fighter Five until some of that stuff came out, and I played oh, okay. their, their released story, and it was fucking shit. Yeah, it's terrible. It's genuinely terrible. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm not optimistic they're going to they knock this out of the park, but I'm also excited that they're trying something, so kudos to them i mean if it turns out to be awesome then that's great but if it spurs other developers to try or gives them the idea or the incentive to try and make an even better version like hopefully this means we're going to see a fighting game with like a world that means something soon you i I was gonna say the idea of like a fighting game with a story and character progression Almost like an RPG where the battles are, you know, two D fighters. Like that. That actually sounds super attractive to me. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's so much like untapped potential on that side of these games. Like obviously yeah. from a, a battle gameplay perspective, Street Fighter. It's fucking Street Fighter. They they pretty much always nail that shit. I don't know about the super competitive scene, the the gripes they have with system tweaks, but they know what they're doing. Um, it's the rest of the gameplay surrounding it that has just like never lived up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for and sure. I'd like to see that improve. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what happens, but um, who knows if I'll ever actually play it? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the fighting game fans in the in the community are gonna come for our throats 
that were demanding like a fighting game have anything other than just great 2D fighting. But <laughs> damn you, I'm not really a huge fighting game fan, so cater to me. Yeah, but you, you engage with characters. You you enjoy characters in fighting games, like for so sure. It's not na- it's natural to want to know more about them and to want to see them in the context of the world they inhabit. And none of these fighting games ever do a good job with that. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, like Street Fighter also has such a fucking legacy, right? And and it has a bit of lore associated with it that it'd be super cool if they fleshed it out in a well written way. That'd be insane to see. Dude, Ryu and Ken as the world warriors and just the idea of traveling, exploring, fighting as a thing and all these styles and getting into shenanigans. Fucking, what a great setup for storytelling. Yeah, for sure. But, but like, never properly tapped. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, Ken looks homeless now, so. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I like the Ken, Ken is a, like Ken's hard times memes that are going around the internet right now. It's hobo Ken. Poor guy. <laughs> Hoboken, huh? Hoboken, ter- get it? That's like, terrible. But I actually like that. <laughs> like Hadoken, but Hoboken. Yeah, I thought it was maybe the best joke I've ever made. So. What is it called? Is it a the? Is it a bindle? So in, instead of a fireball, it's the the bindle, the little hobo bag. Oh, <laughs> the hobo stick, <laughs> the bindle. It is a bindle, which is a fucking funny word, by the way. Kudos to people who know the word bindle. <laughs> hats, hats off to you. This is your time, right? This is your time. This, this is your, your podcast. Time. <laughs> uh, all right, that's about all I had to say, John. As far as uh, news stuff, anything else you want to talk about before I wrap it up? Uh, no, I think that's it. Let's see what happens with six. Um, not excited for sixteen, but still kind of want to see what happens there. Um, hopefully, one day we get a Final Fantasy we like. <laughs> That'd be great. I. I I'm a hopeless romantic fool, and I have hope and faith in my heart that someday that will happen again. When Square Enix becomes such like a fucking shell of its current self that it's only left with a couple of like diehard, passionate people just holding it together, <laughs> and they're like, hey, let's do something we love again, and then they make one of the best games ever. I know what to do. We have to bring Sakaguchi back to blow all of their money on Spirits Within Part 2 yes. so that they have to reinvent Final Fantasy again to save the company. Yes! <laughs> we need. You know what we need? We need Saka... Actually, no. We need New Blood. I don't know. Like, there, there are people... There must be tons of people out there in the video game industry in Japan who have amazing stories to tell and cool systems to tell them with that just aren't given the reins... Uh, and I don't know. I feel like a lot of current Final Fantasy is older people at the company reacting to what they think, like the younger people want. Yeah, I mean, it's. I get why you have that that feeling. It's hard to to know. We'll probably never know exactly how it works in there. But yeah, especially in terms of their their writing and storytelling styles, I'd like to see somebody new. Um, or a new team, however it's handled, but some new blood responsible for those parts. Yeah, me too. Because it, it hasn't been good in a long time. <laughs> no, not in a long time. Get some, get some new people. I mean, I guess technically Yoshi P is is new in a sense, as as far as you know, helming a mainline Final Fantasy. So that's something. That's something different, I guess. But fourteen. You know what is I'll so say? Prolific, what I'll say but... for Yoshi P and fourteen is, 
Uh, I think 14th game ruins the story a lot because playing the game is such a chore. But there are great story moments in that game, even what I played. So it may not be exactly for me, but I will say I'm not going to say he's like a bad storyteller. Yeah, yeah. It it gives me a bit of hope that maybe with a more directed experience like this, he could he could pull something cool out. Again, even if the gameplay wasn't totally for me, I just I'd be in for a cool new Final Fantasy ride that that felt a little bit like Final Fantasy. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I I don't know it. I don't know if it will though. I, I don't know if it's. Is it enough just to have the summons we're familiar with, right? And the spell names. Like, is that is that what makes a Final Fantasy game these days? Is that... I mean, if that were the case, you and I would be head over heels waiting for 16. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I guess that's too big. This is a big question to end the podcast on. We won't. I don't want us to answer it necessarily right now, but... I guess the question really is, what the hell is Final Fantasy? Um... That and we'll have to deep, just uh, yeah, I know. We'll have to chew on chew on that for a month and a half, and we'll come back to you and have no answers. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. <laughs> I like I like when I make it uncomfortable by not speaking for a while. It's funny how how fucked up the flow gets when somebody doesn't talk when they're expected to. It feels Anyways. fucking ho- horrible because this podcast <laughs> is like us having a conversation where that never happens, but then we make it happen here, and it's so fucking awesome. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's so good. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> thanks for tuning in again, everybody. Uh, no idea when the next one will be, but maybe it'll be a Final Fantasy IX heavy podcast next time. So play along and uh, get ready for that if you want to be super privy to and have strong opinions on all the things we talk about next time. All right. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Branching Path Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at BranchPathPod or just search Branching Path Podcast. Check out our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash branchingpathpodcast. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on our RSS website, which is rss.com slash branchingpathpodcast. Thanks again for listening. Take care.